0: what's up everybody welcome back to the martian and ozzy podcast this week we are back to preview the lewis versus spivak card going down from the ufc apex this weekend and i'm joined by my co-host as always ozzy how we doing this week my man
1: epic pay-per-view coming off of uh coming off of uh msg i'm a little bit of a downer this week uh but uh but yeah you know it's getting cold out here we're getting a holiday season you know world cups right around the corner so Unfortunately the, the event ended bad. Izzy and Chandler going down. It was a great night of fights overall. And uh, you know, all my casual friends that I was with, they they definitely uh they definitely enjoyed that that uh fight card.
0: Yeah, it was definitely entertaining. Um I mean not start to finish really. Uh Hooker beat that ass early, the knockout of Frankie Edgar, uh the what happened next, the Chandler Poirier war. Uh, You know, Zhang pretty much dominating, and then the main event ending in dramatic fashion. So it was definitely a pay-per-view card. Definitely a very sore note ending on Izzy, um, you know, especially for me in the tracked profit section of things. Ended up uh, plus 1.84 units, but I had three units on Izzy. You know, if he would have won, I would have been up over six units, I think. Instead, we finished just under two, so that would be sour taste in my mouth. Uh, but, you know, still a good card overall. Um, what about you? How'd you do last week?
1: Fortunately, you had four sides overall. Um, I feel like two good bets, two bad bets, the two good, um, you know, Chandler. Um, don't regret the bet at all. I think I, you know, kept, kind of capped the fight pretty well. You know, Chandler won most of that fight. And, you know, I was super concerned, though, when I was watching it live, you know, in the last whatever it is, maybe like minute and a half, minute 15 when he does get the takedown or go to the takedown. And I was just thinking like, man, like he's gonna not be able to hold him down maybe for the rest of the round. And if Dustin gets back up, like Dustin's gonna just, you know, come at him, you know, really, really hard. Um, and I just wish Chandler would have maybe like let off the gas a little bit there, uh, you know, with around 40, 45 seconds left and, you know, not engage a l- too much in that brawl because, you know, I think he gave opportunity for, for uh, Dustin to land that right hook. Um, But even then, came out in the second round, you know, went to the game plan, took him down, pounded him pretty good. And even in that third round, when I tell you that that takedown that he hits, you know, the high crotch to the lift, um, you know, and the maneuver that he goes afterwards where he kind of, you know, swims his arms out of the way and he kind of goes to the back, is 100% the right, you know, move to go for. But unfortunately, you know, Dustin anticipated that hook coming in and, you know, he slipped off. Maybe he could have, instead of that, you know, you know, falling back for the back, could have just went to that referee's position, you know, behind him and, you know, gotten us the win there. But uh don't regret that at all. And then Caroline, obviously, great, you know, I think great bet there. And then the two bad bets, uh Arce and, you know, Terman. Even though Term that Terman fight was just weird. You know, I thought that uh, you know, he some of the the rounds are close, Mike. Maybe that first round, you know, and then the second round he just brain farted and, you know, was it Active enough when he got the good grappling positions on uh petrovsky so yeah one and three overall on those sides and you know I, I and on a better day you know we we cash that chandler play and you know it's kind of maybe like a like a flat day or maybe even a little bit of a profit but them and breaks uh right now uh unfortunately even rca as well rca fights like one or two rounds close kind of close to montel and then you know isn't really able to get going and then that third round you know he gets dropped but uh but yeah, was not was not a great event overall uh, due to that.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, like you said, Chandler was, uh, I believe, a a very good bet. Chandler decision for me, plus 750. I mean, I I think we read the fight perfectly. I mean, the line was acting like Chandler wasn't going to wrestle at all. He wrestled, and when he did wrestle, he had, you know, massive success. I mean, people talking about him gassing out, him slowing down, him being inefficient with his energy. Sure, that's true, but this fucking guy still easily won the second round. After a barn burner of a first round, after being hurt, nearly knocked out, after being gassed out, he still got one takedown and just completely dominated the round from top position. So uh, I still feel that line was super wrong. I mean, and
1: even if you think like you know, I I guess it looks like he kind of shattered his nose. Just a lot of bad factors there. You know, breaking his nose or getting hurt there and. He finished that third round like he literally could have fought way smarter, like maybe just hold the clinch man or like, you know, you do- did so well in those first like four minutes, like, you know, maybe ease it up. Like I tell guys that I train with a lot of times, too, and, you know, people that are cap- I'm like the fight is 15 minutes. You know, you don't need to win every second of the fight, you know, to win the fight. But credit to Dustin Poirier, guys, a dog and, uh, you know, great fight there. And, you know, I- I'm glad that they put together, a you know, an awesome fight between the two and you know it was kind of to be expected but love chandler hope he he gets back on the winning side of things uh you know in in his next fight and uh but man that was that was a bad beat there i feel or just an unfortunate loss like i I was like no when because he has this guy hoisted up in the middle of the octagon msg and then literally right after that he's like it's on and i had a little bit of hope because you know how good the guy is from getting uh, out of that back position but I think with the broken nose and the blood and stuff, like he's just so tired that he he couldn't muster up an escape from there. So yeah, that was uh that was unfortunate.
0: Yeah, Poirier basically came back from like two miraculous comebacks w- within the same fight. The first round he was losing, getting wrestled, getting outboxed, and then he comes back and nearly knocks him out. And then he loses round two, comes out and uh gets the rear and choke in round three. So yeah, Poirier uh, is incredible. Poirier, um, but
1: finishes over. Michael Chandler, Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje and Conor McGregor. Incredible resume.
0: Yeah, yeah he's the man. Um, OK, so getting into this card, seriously, one of the worst cards ever. I, I really don't have many thoughts or conviction in any of these fights. <laughs> so we'll get you guys out of here in uh, in 45 minutes. If, if it, this podcast is still going on 40 minutes from now, just shut it the fuck off. OK, um, Natalia Silva blade as the first fight. Uh, Silva minus 155, Blada plus 135. Um, Silva didn't fight in a long time. Then she fought Jasmine and she looked m- massively better. Uh, she went from plus 200 to now minus 155. I think it could be a slight overreaction. Um, just because she stuffed a few takedowns there, I'm not sold that she's some incredible defensive wrestler. And Blada does seem to go take the- go for takedowns and she does seem to lay on top and know what to do there. So it seems like a pretty striker versus grappler-esque matchup. I probably think the value's on the dog here, but um, you know, no interest in this fight at all. What about you, Ozzy?
1: Um seems like there's like a baseline of support for Natalia Silva. I think that, you know, the last performance is obviously pretty good. Um she looked, you know, athletic, strong, you know, well schooled in, you know, numerous positions. Ada, you know, her contender series fight did not look great in terms of, like, some of the grappling and just some of the positions that she was going through. But, you know, if you look at some of her older fights, I I think that her ground game actually looked a bit better. Um, So And and she's a huge, huge, uh, you know, flyweight. She's only 20 years old as well. Going to have a big reach advantage here. So I think it's a competitive fight. I think the line movement is correct and kind of shortening it up a little bit. But, um... I'm just not sure how uh, Blada, like is Blada going to push to really grapple and clinch, you know, a lot, which I actually think Natalia Silva could, um, it could favor her a little bit um, just because she's, I think she's good at counter grappling. Um, So I I think like quicker takedowns and stuff like that for Blada and, you know, maybe setting it up with the hands is going to be better path for her than grinding. So I would lean towards her, but I don't really have a lot of conviction, you know, on the fight overall. I I want to kind of just watch it for, because I think both these girls could could pick up wins over, you know, uh, fellow 125ers uh, later on. So we'll, we'll we'll just watch and, you know, start off the night gathering some inf- intel on both these girls.
0: Sounds good. That's going to move us to the Bantamweight division. Fernie Garcia, Brady high stand. This line is Brady minus 174, Garcia plus 144. Brady getting most of the action this week. It's been kind of a rough going for Brady's lately of the world, but what are you thinking about this, Uh, uh the young high stand coming off of uh, about a year and a half playoff? This
1: is one Brady, or another of the Bradys that knows jiu-jitsu. So I think Tom Brady should take a page out of Brady Highstand and Sean Brady's book and maybe learn some jiu-jitsu. Maybe you get his girl back. But, you know, Brady, uh, good, decent pedigree in jiu-jitsu. I think he was like a kid's or teen's, like Pan Am's, like Guy Craig Jones really spoke highly, you know, on the you know podcast or an appearance after you know the Ultimate Fighter about you know how impressed he was with with, with Brady's um I think he's a brown belt overall, but um uh, I think very very good um and Nogi kind of attacks the back, looks for for good positions is pretty tough as well um his striking defense is not great um so I feel Fernie potentially. You know if 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 he is a bit more aggressive can land some strikes here but the thing with Fernie is i think he is going to be tentative because he knows uh the takedowns and the grappling of brady is on a, a higher level than his for sure um And he does give up his back uh, a lot when he is getting taken down or, you know, after he is on the ground. So I think Brady's going to be able to get in on the hips a few times. And it's going to be a matter of if he can, you know, work to the finish here. Um And then if it is on a feet, I think later on, maybe um, Fernie can land some strikes. but uh, But early, I think he's going to have a difficult time. And I do lean Brady on the money line you know, now that it's, you know, moved about 20 cents from um, kind of like the price that it was like hanging around that, the minus 160, 155 number, I think maybe some of the, you know, values getting uh, sucked out of it. Uh, but I would, lead, I would, lead, I would definitely, uh, lean him for a pick. I just think that Fernie, you know, his, his reaction times are not the best. And you know, his, uh, his striking is actually like, he doesn't have as much punchy power as uh, maybe he thinks, or, um, you know, it's touted as having. So Brady for me.
0: Yeah. That last point there is, is a big thing here because um, if you look at Garcia's career, first few fights, he's fighting bums. He finishes them. Then he goes on a, He's fighting in LFA, he's fighting, you know, somewhat good competition, and but he's going to the decision all those times, and then he lands a great punch behind the ear of Weems from the Contender Series, knocks him out, and now the market kind of thinks he's, you know, a knockout puncher, and that's why he was uh, massively overvalued against Newsom, and I think they're probably still overvaluing him uh, here because I don't think he's uh, that big of a puncher. I don't think he's great at striking. I think he's probably a below-average grappler. And the most consistent offensive tool of any of these guys is Brady Highstand's offensive grappling. And he's liable to shoot a ton of takedowns. You saw in the Tercios fight, you know, went real hard for 15 minutes there. It did slow down pretty badly in round three. But, I mean, that was a crazy pace fight. And, um, you know, Brady's just reliable to shoot. 10 15 takedowns, and I think that should be good enough to win him this fight here and get his first UFC win. That'll move us along to the women's strawweight division. Maria Oliveira taking on Vanessa Demopolis, Pick'em line at minus minus one ten. 10. I do have a bet on this list, plus five. I bet it a few weeks ago, and you know, I don't think there's any massive edge here, but I think that Demopolis, um, is the much more uh, has the much more potential to finish, uh fight and that's indicated by the no scorecards line demopolis is you know nearly minus 300 and i think that demopolis is the the much better uh grappler of the two and probably can compete on the feet as well i just think the olivera is like man her she throws all these strikes out i just don't think there's any power or like subsidence or thought behind the strikes. she just spams these crazy combinations and you know, it's it's sad that women's MMA is so bad that that can actually win a lot of fights. And she somehow, you know, was able to get a gift of a decision versus DePaula, Paula, uh, you know, just spamming those strikes. But I think Demopolis will uh, hang tight on the feet. And if the fight gets on the floor, I think she should have a big edge and could, you know, finish the fight from on top or on bottom here. So I like uh to get the win a uh, plus money.
1: I mean, no value here, though. It's not worth it at this point. What about you? Not very sure about this fight. It's not a fight. It's not the the style of fight that I enjoy betting too much just because obviously both girl, like Maria Oliveira doesn't have a lot of punching power. She's going to be looking to win by decision. If she the thing is, though, I don't like the wrestling and I don't know how uh, reliable she's going to be to consistently try to take down Maria Oliveira and Maria Oliveira even took down GDP, which is obviously not a big you know, uh, accolade, right? It's easy to do. But the point being that um, if she could go for takedowns, I I would think that she could defend some weak takedowns that Demopolis looks to throw out there. You know, remember, Demopolis picked up a win via getting knocked down and then, you know, getting a submission, you know, armbar there. Um, And I just, I mean, it's just not, you know, especially at, like, slight juice. Like, I don't really, I think you bet her at, you know, plus money. Just a Vanessa is not a girl that I that i like you know to bet maria olivera has uh is easier to pull the trigger than um than gu Frey. you know like she this girl throws out tons and tons of strikes and also probably has better cardio or has a uh, pretty good cardio as well as she showed in the gdp fight where she i think she won the third round i don't really remember or i don't really know how they scored it but uh but yeah you didn't so, re- you
0: didn't re the fight this
1: week bro come on Dude, I mean that fight I'm just, was super frustrating because I remember I was like, "GDP, how are you losing to this girl? What are you doing?" Um, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. I was like, "What are you doing? Like, how are you letting this girl take you down?" Out of all people, um, so I just I don't like the Vanessa Demopoulos, like the archetype of her as a fighter. Even, she's tough, so I think she's gonna need to grapple here. So maybe she will, but uh, this is a bathroom break fight.
0: Yep, uh, as Good if luck this whole, whole card, though. yes, <laughs> um. Uh, bantam weight, uh, men's Ricky Tercios, Kevin Natividad. Uh, the line for this one, uh, Tercios minus 155, Natividad plus 135. So, Ricky burned us pretty bad last time. Oh, are, Lord, uh, are you maybe rebound some faith here, or oh, has he God. been on like your no bet list or some shit?
1: Man, I mean, in this fight, I mean, the thing is, like, Kevin, like, Ricky is still tough. And he still, I think, has some volume, but he just so dumb. Like, I should've known when the fucking guy is like, every, he finishes every sentence, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, like, just just not invest in a guy like that. But the fact that the guy, it was 1-1, even at worst, like, I guess it was 1-1, whatever. The fight was not going his way. How in the third round do you not just be like, all right, fuck it, like, I'm gonna at least win this round and make it like put it on the judges to like take the fight from me, like give this guy other guy the fucking fight because he wasn't um wasn't uh doing anything uh, himself uh, as a hobby. you just throw inside leg kicks. So he just let the fight slip through his fingers it was incredibly frustrating. So I can't act him again. But I do think against Kevin the TV dot because Kevin, you know um is more of a power puncher. Like, he doesn't really set up the strikes all all, all too much. He's really cocking that right-hand back, you know, quite often. Doesn't, you know, doesn't really throw too many kicks, you know, either. Um, I don't like him as a fighter. He uh, Grappling-wise, you know, I don't think he's in the grapple either, but I don't think Ricky is, you know, either. Um, So, it's going to be a pass fight for me, I think. I'm, I'm so, you know, if the line comes in enough on Ricky, maybe I'll consider it, but, you know, 60% in, in a fight, a scrap between two guys from Texas, like two Mexican kids here. I don't really want to get involved, you know, all that much. This is like a Fury FC fucking, you know, uh, Bantamweight title fight here. So I don't really want to lay juice on Ricky. I hope he wins. I'm rooting for the guy. But, uh, but it was just so frustrating that last fight. I mean, if you look at their, the accuracy between these two guys, like the amount of punches Kevin Natividad missed against, uh, Miles Johns was ridiculous and, Likewise to Ricky. So I hope that these guys, you know, do scrap for sure. And it is an entertaining fight. But I think I have to lay off of it. But overall, I just think that Natini die, like, he does not have the style for the 135 division to consistently win fights. So I hope Ricky brings the volume, brings the pace, and uh, collects his first uh, UFC win.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning in uh, Natividad here. I, I think he's a better fighter than what he showed in his first few fights. And I just think, um, considering that he's been knocked out twice in a row, I generally think the market is probably just uh, a little low on him. Uh, um and I think he's, you know, being respected in this fight, being at only a plus 135, but still just um, historically, you know, coming off of two knockouts, I feel like this guy, um, he's really not that bad of a fighter. He has a, a process of of pressuring and boxing, and I think he's uh, a decent wrestler when he chooses to use it. So I think if he just, you know, pressures in the small cage, comes forward, you know, throwing punches like he does, uh, like he did in the LFA, and maybe mixes in a takedown, I think he could probably make this fight really close. And it just doesn't seem wise to be laying juice on Ricky at this point in his career. Too wild and chaotic to be doing it. And, you know, we learned our lesson the hard way last time. So um, I, I, I kind of lean Nativy Dodd in this fight, though, honestly. I think, you know, Tercios's boxing defense is, is pretty bad, and Nativy Dodd uh, has the, the heavier hands of the two. I think we'll see you know, Nativy Dodd actually hurt Tercios uh, with a punch at this point in this fight. I don't know if he'll finish it, but um, look out for that.
1: That's going to be a that is it, it. it is a fight between two ninety three kids. So I will. I just want to mention that. So he is a Gemini, though. So he has the advantage. There
0: we go. There's the narrative nation from it. Um, Ozzy jumping in with uh, some incredible volume and some of these transitions here. Um, but um, uh, more in the Bantamweight division, we have Miles Johns taking on Vince Morales. And this fight is being lined at miles johns minus 170 vince morales plus 145 so should be a striking fight you know um johns can mix in the wrestling it just seems like he doesn't you know his his past five or six fights he he really hasn't do so uh he seems to be pretty much a striker at this point and uh, you know he did look a little bit better with the you know the jab and the light kick in some of his fights D- did run into a brick wall against uh castaneda but God, much smoke. tougher. yeah much tougher matchup um and you know morales is just a you know very one dimensional and you know striker this guy he he doesn't really grapple much at all he's not a strong defensive grappler and he has a huge exploit uh and that is light kicks i mean it just seems like anytime you kick this guy's legs he self-destructs he doesn't know how to check them he doesn't seem to improve them i mean how many fucking times is this guy gonna lose a fight due to leg kicks and just not change anything and get right back out there and just lose again so i mean i think he's if miles johns throws leg kicks he's probably gonna win you know so um i think that the line is probably pretty accurate here so uh i think there is a note though johns is coming in on what two to three weeks short notice so that's something to consider here whenever a fighter is coming in on short notice uh and they're the favorite you should be weary of so um any thoughts here
1: yeah i i in this fight i prefer the dog i prefer vince morales here um you know fade in maljanz very very large or big against castaneda and and castaneda came through and he was just a tricky tricky guy and kind of just mixed mixed up uh you know the attack you know well you know the thing with Johns is like a lot of the takedowns for him are a bit telegraphed. Vince Morales does have some wrestling background, so I think it it's not going to be easy for Malzahn to get takedowns, and it definitely is not going to be easy for him to solidify and consolidate those takedowns on the ground. And then, yeah, you know, obviously the leg kicks are an issue, um, a big issue for him. But he did get carved up by the two best leg kickers at 135, right? Let's not let's not forget that, right? Between um Chris Gutierrez and and um, Jonathan Martinez who you know can kick with both legs you know can you know can kick you in the head as well you know into the body whereas Miles Johns if he is kicking it's going to kind of be exclusively you know calf kicks I think it kind of takes away it's a
0: good point good point you know
1: what I mean it's just like you know you don't have you're not worrying about that leg coming up to the body or the head you know as much but when Chris Gutierrez and Martinez are kicking you like you you know spin kicks it's it's everything so I think that um Miles has a better jab. He's got some punching power as well. You know, I liked what he did against Smoka. You know, kind of coming out really strong. You know, in that first round, and you know, uh, ended up hurting him. You know, there. So I think if Mrazek could get off to a fast start, which I think it from from Miles. You know, he does have some cardio issues as well, which you kind of mentioned his. Um, you know, him coming in on short notice here. Um. So so I like I like the dog here. Um. I, it's not a you know big play, big lean. Um. But I think this is gonna be a close fight. Um, you know, I don't think Miles John's, he you know, he has 6-0 in decisions, but he doesn't really blow too many people away if he does not have, like, a big grappling advantage. Even the Kevin and fight, like you know, I'm not, he was winning the fight, but it was a little, you know, a little back and forth, I thought, like, he split decision to Cole Smith, like, so I, I think this is gonna be a close fight, and I'd I like to have a dog ticket, you know, here, so, you know, I, I think I'll, that'll be one of the money line plays that I'll have this week, and, you know, the price is getting slightly better, so, yeah, I, I definitely like the Morales side, for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that, I think that all makes sense, so you know low conviction fight there for me yeah um, and,
1: and, and i i think mount john's uh ko is pretty i think the the price is kind of egregious you know under you know under you know like 20 you know they got a 225 yeah. i don't really i don't really see that but you know we'll see him, like three like look how long it took him to finish dos santos and a tv dot like yeah it's pretty tough it was dude. On
0: like one leg
1: yeah morales is yeah. very tough
0: he's hard to finish yeah um Okay, next fight is uh, women's flyweight. Damn, a lot of women's fights. Uh, Jennifer Maya, Marina Morose. Uh, the line here: Morose minus one ninety-two, Maya plus one sixty-seven. One of Ozzy's favorite female fighters. Jennifer actually, you'd yeah. this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is actually a good fight. I think. Like, I, I mean, for the women's division, both these girls are. As well-rounded as you can be, I mean, not as well-rounded as you can be, you know what I mean. But you know, they take the fight multiple ways. You know, Jennifer Maya has some. She fought for the belt, right? That was a title fight, right, against that, that,
0: Yeah, that did happen. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, former former title consent uh, challenger, and I think this line is a little disrespectful to her. I mean, Maria Moreau Marina know, Coming off a fight where she was a dog to Agapova, you know, she had Ukraine on her back, you know, a month and a half after the invasion, right? Big pay-per-view, you know, fighting a girl that she had apparently tooled in, in you know, in practice. And, you know, Agapova's got no gas. Like, you know, it, it was clear that Moroz knew she had a huge advantage on the ground. But Agapova was absolutely clueless in the clinch. And uh, once it went to the ground, like, there's nothing that she could uh, offer. But Maya, man, you know, she's a glove sniffer on the feet, obviously. But not the easiest girl to take down. Legitimate jujitsu game off her back, and you know on the ground overall, right? I think she almost armbarred. I forget. I, I, I or she who who does she armbar? She armbarred. Um,
0: who was JoJo it? Calderwood? Oh, JoJo. Right. Yeah,
1: she yeah she armbarred her. And, you know, she did some, she survived off of her back against, you know, Valentina. You know, she offered a decent fight there. Um, and I just think that, uh, takedown wise, I think it's going to be much harder for Moroz to get uh, Jennifer Maya down. Maya's very experienced over three round fights. She's not going to gas like Agapova did. And I just see this being a pretty close fight overall. I think uh, Maya, you know, on a two, two fight uh, losing skid against two girls that are very hard to win a decision against in uh, Furo and excuse me, and Chukagian, um, Moroz, you know, she did slow down against, um, you know, bueno Silva, And just, I don't know the game plan that she's going to necessarily come out here with. I don't think she's a crazy submission artist like she showed, you know, against Agapova. So I actually think this is a pretty good fight for uh, Maya. And I'm actually surpri- very surprised that the line is going so heavily in the favor of Moroz. Um, just off of like the last fight. It's just like that last fight means literally nothing to me in this fight because it's just a girl like Maya is just so much more experienced than a girl like Agapova. And I think she's motivated, you know, she gets paid all right. And you know, I think it's gonna be a close fight. So Maya by decision over two to one, I think that's pretty, pretty solid. So you know, even the money line though, I think is uh is quite good. So yeah, I, I think I'll take a little stab on Jennifer Maya. Plus one sixty, I think uh pretty good value, you know, value bet for a girl against a girl like morose who you know hasn't fought many good girls at 125
0: yeah now that last part is true hasn't fought a whole lot of top talent at 125 but i don't know I, i don't think there's any any reason to bet mine here to me i just i don't think she's really good at winning fights she doesn't have a lot of aggression she doesn't have you know a lot of consistency behind anything she does. You know, sometimes she mixes in a takedown. Sometimes she boxes. It's just like, she doesn't have like an a game. Well, with Miraz, we know he's going to be trying to achieve here. She's probably going to be looking to get the fight in the clinch and get the fight to the floor where she, you know, she's super strong in the clinch. Just, you know, the difference in, you know, muscle between these two women is crazy. And Miraz is going to be able to get the fight to the cage and probably get Maya down. And, you know, I just think Maya can be taken down rather easily, um, and she's—I mean, she's she can survive on her back, like Ozzy was saying. I just don't think she she can get get up after long periods of time. I don't think her her scrambling ability is really good. She just doesn't really move too fast in those wrestling exchanges, and you could really argue that in Maya's past, you know, six fights, she really hasn't looked good in any of them. And even like the, the Jessica I fight, razor close fight. I mean, I thought she lost that fight. The wood fight, she gets taken down and then gets an arm bar off her back. I mean, I just don't think that Maya, I haven't seen anything from her in the past few years that really actually impressed me. The last like good win she had was, you know, beating the brakes off of Roxanne back in 2019. So I just think Maraz is actually the one who's kind of making bigger improvements in her career. And this line kind of makes sense to me. And then also looking... Um, it says Moroz landed, um, 111 strikes at distance versus Mario Bueno Silva. Um, I don't remember that. I thought I remember her grappling in the early rounds of that fight, but the fact that that's, you know, a stat is, is significant. I mean, uh, Bueno Silva is a dangerous woman and if Moroz can land over a hundred strikes at distance versus her, um, it's probably, none of those
1: strikes not. had any power on them though. I'll tell you.
0: Yeah, but I don't even remember that happened. I don't know. I remember that, that fight being a, a fun I mean, one. towards I the end, she was... Getting her right. ass beat.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. She got thrashed in the third round there. But, um, yeah, I think that's another thing, though. I, is Miraz is a fast starter. So if Maya is, you know, working her way into this fight, I think you might be able to get a better live bet. Um, like like you said, like, her decision line is plus two-something. One takedown from Mraz, and Maya could be plus three-something on the money line live. Um, okay. Next fight is flyweight division. Probably the best matchup on the card. Highest level fight on the card. Uh, Zalgaz Zumagulov taking on Charles Johnson. Two, you know, good fun fighters here. John, Charles Johnson, minus 160. Zalgaz Zumagulov plus 140. So um, both these guys, you know, had a rough going in their last fight. Um, you know, Zumagulov getting robbed against Jeff Molina. One of the consensus worst decisions of the year. And Charles Johnson just running into a brick wall in Mokhayev in his UFC debut despite both guys technically losing the fight, he's still, you know, good performances from both guys. And I've got, you know, good expectations going forward. I mean, I hope, I honestly hope Zalgos can win the fight because I think he's a good fighter who has, you know, kind of run into some really tough matchmaking in the UFC. And I think if he loses and gets cut, that would be kind of a shame uh, because he deserves to be around in this division. Um, But I mean, uh, I I think Charles should have the, the striking advantage here. Uh, I think he's a little bit more of the, the more dangerous boxer. He can control the distance of the, you know, moving backwards and not allowing the pocket for Zumagulov because Zumagulov's shorter guy, shorter arms. Uh, Charles is pretty big and long for the weight class. And I just think he's going to be able to dictate the range here. And Zalgos is probably going to be looking to clinch and wrestle as a result to negate that range. And I could see Zalgos, you know, getting the body lock and maybe getting some takedowns on Johnson like Mokayev did. But as we saw in that fight, Johnson, extremely, extremely hard to actually control on the mat. You can get that body lock. You can put him against the cage, but you're not going to get any meaningful positions. And we just saw that that game plan kind of fail Zogos in the last fight against Molina, where he had a lot of control time and clinch time, but the rounds just didn't go his way. Oh, my gosh, that scared me. What the hell was that, Ozzy? Um, um,
1: I just moved I like
0: a wire, dude. <laughs> it, it, like, it like twitched out in my ears. It's going to scare everybody when they're when they're driving their cars all right all right all right um okay so uh i I think johnson will win the fight but it's not a fight i I like to bet i think it's super super likely to go the distance and the line reflects that minus 200 i mean i i don't see a finish here
1: yeah i like charles here um i think the biggest thing is that um Zalgus like you know obviously he he fights in the softball stance so i think it's just gonna be a little bit easier for charles to land you know his strikes but saying that at the same time, like, Charles, I hope he's just not tentative you know, after having uh, Mokaev glued to him you know, so tightly in his last fight. And, I mean, Slogas is a tough out. Like, easy guy to beat. You know, has fought, you know, five rounds multiple times as well. But he's on the downtrend, on the down slope of his career you know, the, the fight against Molina, 100% a robbery. You know, I, I had a ticket on, you know, him and him by decision, of total robbery. But realistically, he didn't do a lot in that fight. And if he's having a hard time holding down, you know, Jeff Molina and kind of like staying connected. I mean, he, he stayed connected to him, but he couldn't, you know, establish ground positions. Like, I don't think that that's going to be a route for him to beat charles and charles has shown that he's got great cardio as well he just needs to start faster like he needs to like have more urgency and kind of use the energy that he has you know um earlier in the fight so i think he needs to get off to a good start i think zolgas also is going to want to get off to a good start given how his last fight finished you know but i do like charles even though even with him as a favorite but i think this is going to be a good scrap this could be fight of the night potentially maybe if zolgas is aggressive um, but I think Charles is going to be able to land more wherever the fight takes place and step on the gas a bit more maybe in the in the pivotal third round. So I definitely lean to him, you know, even at you know even with him being the favorite.
0: Yep, that sounds pretty accurate to me. That's gonna bring us to the first fight on the main card. But real quick, is these guys? Most people wouldn't know it, but they would make an infinitely better main event than Derek Lewis versus Spivak But both these guys got five round experience, and um, it would be like a. I mean, this is like an LFA S card. And, you know, Johnson and Zuma Gulov headliner would be very LFAS, so damn shame. But um, moving on to the main card, Jack Della Madalena taking on Danny Roberts, huge favor for Jack Della, minus 550, and the action just keeps pouring in on him. Everyone's betting him and parlaying him this week. Uh, any faith at all in the dog here, Roberts, so or is it just uh, going to be a Jack Della, you know, steamroll?
1: How much, you know, for this fight here, you know, Danny Roberts somehow, some way, I bet on him against um, Trinaldo. and in the parts where he was not completely rocked. I thought that he fought okay, but when he was when he did get hit, it kind of didn't look good. Like it looked like he didn't know where the where the hell he was at with like not the hardest strikes at all, um was getting hurt to the body as well. He's always been the Bambi leg kind of like wiry dude, and I think he's getting set up here to get slept. Just a matter of kind of like how aggressive is he? Um, I mean, they, they've got him priced by submission like crazy high, you know, almost 30 to one. Uh, which you know, maybe you could take a little stab on that. I don't think that he's going to look to grapple Malad Madalena, and I don't think there'd be success there, so that's why I don't really give him that much of a chance here. Like, look at his inside the distance number, it's plus 900 on uh on DraftKings, which is kind of, I mean, that's super steep just because I think Madalena, like, even though. He is a good striker, and he lands a lot of his strikes. He is sometimes a bit square when he is kind of like throwing, like letting off some of these combinations, and he is there to be hit with like a check hook or you know a check right right hook maybe. And uh, Roberts is a southpaw, which I think this will be southpaw versus southpaw. Madalena switches sometimes, so curious, you know, vet vet, um, you know, test here. Um, I'm not gonna have any action, you know, on the fight. You know, I do think that uh, Jack does get him out of there, and I do think it comes quicker, you know, sooner rather than later, just because I, Roberts is a little bit of a die on my shield kind of guy, in terms of you know when he is being underrated as much. Like I don't think he's gonna be running away. Like I think he's gonna look to to throw back and exchange, and uh, I don't think that's gonna go well for him. So I think Jack gets him out of there with a knockout, you know, within two rounds.
0: Yeah, that's probably the most inevitable outcome here, but you know. When a line is this juiced and there's an outcome that uh, favored, I, in my opinion, you should never be looking to bet that outcome because it's obvious to everybody. It's obvious to the market. There's probably not much value there, and it's probably not a good long-term strategy to be just picking the most common outcome. So when I'm looking at this fight, I'm trying to find any way to bet it besides Jack KO. And the most likely uh, most uh, valuable other bet, than that is Jack by decision at plus 460. Um, I mean, we're talking about a, fi- a fighter that's, you know, eighty-six percent to win, and they're going to win via striking, and they're likely going to win as the fight goes on as well. Um, I don't think it's completely out of the question that Jack or that uh, Roberts stay alive here and uh, make the decision, uh, and you know for jack to win and i think you know jack would be the overwhelming favorite to still win a decision if it gets there so um you know maybe a small poke at that you're there's probably going to be a ko like ozzy was saying roberts is just so hittable um but i mean i think the lines probably getting a little crazy i mean just considering everyone is parlaying them and throwing them in parlays and betting them straight and i mean i just I would don't think. There's any I, I would not yeah, parlay fuck
1: that. i would not parlay jack
0: and really, like Ozzy mentioned it too, Roberts KO eleven to one. I mean, they're probably going to just stand in the center and trade. It's not that out of the question um, for that to happen. So, uh, enough about that one. Another striking fight in the welterweight division: Muslim Salikov, Andre Fialo. Uh, this fight is lined to pick a minus one ten on both sides. Uh, both guys coming off a, a pretty nasty knockout in their last fight. You know, I and pretty recently too. I was actually surprised. Like, I think. Salakov got knocked out in july fialo got knocked out in june and these guys are coming back they probably worse for salikov who's 38 significantly old and also been competing in combat sports for like 25 years straight so it's probably likely that he's going to be the one you know maybe suffering from that more but fialo is not young either right he's oh no he is he doesn't look it he's 28 um Man. So, I mean, that. I think that is probably a big edge here. You're ta- We're talking about a 10 year age difference in a fight where speed and durability are probably going to play a pretty big factor. I think that Salikov is the better technical striker of the two and Fialo's defense is pretty shit, honestly. But I mean, he's probably going to be a, a matter of who can touch the chin of, of which guy first. And neither of these guys is likely to grapple. It's going to be very likely a striking fight and, you know, Fialo hits harder. Um, He's, younger probably better for his durability. I don't know, man. This is tough because skill-wise, I think it, you got to side with Salakov at the pick and price, but the intangibles like durability, age, speed, Fiallo, I think that favors him. So, man, I'm totally on the fence on this. Don't even know if I can give a pick. I'll pick I'll pick Salakov. I'll go with the skill, um, but m- man, no conviction in this one. Um, I don't even see any props that I like either, too. So, what about you, Ozzy? Any way to play this fight?
1: Yeah, you know, early on, I was, I, I did lean towards Fiallo when he was that short plus number, and I mean, I'll be honest, it being minus one ten, minus one hundred five, it does not dissuade me that much, just because the cart... I mean, obviously, Fiallo didn't show good cardio, has not shown good cardio either, but I do think he's going to be more on the front foot here, um, and I do think he carries the power. Uh, a bit better, you know, through uh, through the fight. Um, even even though he has slowed down in the past, I think it's going to be a matter of how much does Fiallo use the kicks here. You know, obviously he didn't get off at all against um, against Jake. You know, just was not throwing enough. You know, against him, I don't know wh- what that was. I don't know if Jake was faster than he thought or if it was a timing thing. Don't not sure, but he looked terrible in that fight you know, obviously it was a quick turnaround as well, you know, uh, in, in a foreign country, uh, you know, in Singapore, um, and Muslim, like he, he went to the takedown against, uh, Li Jing Liang, um, you know, kind of gassed out a little bit. You saw once he got, starts getting put on the back foot, in my opinion, his defense starts, you know, kind of like wilting, like it it just does not kind of flow well. And he doesn't counter all that well, you know, he, he did drop, um, grandpa trinaldo with a counter but even then he kind of like slowed down and trinaldo started kind of even clawing you know the round back that he that he got knocked out in and i think the next round he actually won it uh the third round so you know i i lean towards the fialo side you know i think that he's gonna be able to stay on the front foot uh draw out some of the, the those strikes that um you know salikov likes to throw right he likes to throw spin kicks sometimes spinning spinning uh What's it called? Uh, back fists as well. So you know, I I just think Fialo is maybe going to be able to curtail him a bit, like kind of like move him towards you know his uh, his better offense. You know, as the fight goes on, and he's a little bit more steadfast and kind of just continuing to to you utilize. His uh, his tools. I think a little bit more than Salakov. I feel like Salakov, you know, if he can knock you out, he's like, oh shit, like you know, it's not working, and he kind of like goes a little bit into a shell, and you know, his volume starts to drop off. So I still lean towards the, the the Fialo side here. You know, I think he's a higher volume guy, gonna carry the power, better cardio, just not as good defense. Like you said, his defense is very bad. Um, so it's an interesting fight for me. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be watching this one. Um, and I might get there, though, on a ticket on on, on Fialo, just because Muslim, he, he did look a little bit out of sorts. I feel in, like a lot of his fights, like, he does not look great, like, at all.
0: He did win. He did win round one pretty easily versus Jing Liang, though, you know. He did. He, he, did. he didn't look terrible in that fight, right?
1: He didn't look bad, no. But you knew that it was a live bet, Jing Liang spot. Everybody knew yeah.
0: that. Yeah, bet round two, round three, plus a thousand on the the leech there, and saw it happen in person too. Um, so uh, that's going to move us along to the next fight, a heavyweight fight. Uh, the Dominican Waldo Cortez Acosta taking on Chase Sherman, um, who is he's pretty much a Dominican himself in, in spirit, but I mean. Stop, uh, stop, stop. <laughs> Um whatever. Waldo. Uh where is Waldo? Is minus 228. Uh Chase Sherman plus 193. Oh, I can't wait for it. Inevitably Waldo to get knocked out and then they're going to make memes of him knocked out on the floor with the Waldo kid on. That's going to be great. Um but uh let's see. Uh I think it's your turn to start this one. Let's sure. hear it. Let's get give us the Dominican insider
1: on this. Listen. One. Listen. They love Waldo, bro. What it, like who who what heavyweight, you know? Kicks two fights on three week, like uh, a fight on three weeks. So it is right after his UFC debut. That and, impressive. I
0: like that.
1: and I got to say, the guy's got to be built different because the guy literally ate like 40 calf kicks from Vandera. And I guess his leg was totally fine because if it was me, dude, you wouldn't fucking see me for like three months, bro. Like I eat one calf kick and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually surprised a little bit. at. I mean, Waldo got steam 50 cent line move, which is significant, especially in the heavyweight division you know, in a fight where I think it's going to be striking base. I thought the minus 170, I was like, all right, like people, I, I thought people were questioning it at that price, right? They were like Sherman plus 145 or whatever it is. Like how, how could he be plus 145 when, and look, I mean, they're eating crow cause it's plus 195 now basically. And I mean, the main thing is Waldo moves pretty good on, on, on the feet. I think chase is going to be really, really surprised. Once he gets in there and he sees this guy's torso moving like that, and you know the, the 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 bachata hips and and the footwork, it's gonna get Chase is not he's never seen a Dominican or a guy a heavyweight move like Waldo's about to move in front of him. So I mean he's gonna have to take a page out of and book do the do the calf kicks. But even then, like Chase Sherman, his calf his, his calf kicks suck. Like he does them in every fight, but he's literally never like you've never seen anyone like really hurt with the calf kicks. You know what I mean? Like he's landed a lot on a lot of guys, but you can never even remember a fight where you were like, oh man, like those are really effective in that fight. Like Parker Porter walked through him. Andre Arlovski didn't care about them. Maybe, maybe Villanueva, but Villanueva is like a middleweight. Um, But yeah, I just think Chase Sherman, he's big and slow. Um, Very, very bad defense. It's crazy. Chase Sherman, his, his uh, strikes landed and absorbed. It's literally 6.51, both. Which is insane. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's pretty incredible. crazy, dude. It's pretty crazy that it, it's at the same, and especially given over the- a big
0: sample size too. Oh, like, uh, like at least
1: that's what I was gonna say. Is a lot of fights and a lot of fights even that are quick fights. You know, some fights are like one rounders. Like it's it's a crazy stat, and it's going to stay true here, but it's going to go down because he's not going to land on Waldo all that much, I don't think. I think Waldo's just going to be too quick, uh, moving around too much, and I think Chase is going to get nuked on. He's going to get hit on the face, but obviously he could knock Waldo out, I think, maybe. But I think Waldo, with the movement, with the jab, you know, the lead hand, you know, following up with his right hand, I think he's going to be able to land here on Chase. You know, I don't think Chase is going to look to grapple at all. And uh, and I think we're going to, and know, the Dominican, you know, what four weeks, he's going to beat bo- these two bums that, you know, beat each other. And he's going to be looking good uh, to the UFC brass and ready for a big uh, 2023. So my boy Waldo, he's down in Arizona. He's working. he's he, He's got his cardio. His cardio looked good in that. Jared fight. Nobody talks shit about the, no, round three. He won unanimously. He pushed hard in that in that third round, and he wants to win. He threw a lot of body strikes. The guy's, I think, uh, uh, on the feet. I think he's gonna be able to beat a good amount of heavyweights as long as he doesn't uh doesn't get put on the ground or in the clinch. So Chase Sherman, I don't think he's smart enough to beat Waldo. So I think Waldo's gonna piece him up.
0: Um, um yes, he made in Sherman's record. Actually, he's he might have two and a half hours in the ufc cage um and that's that that ozzy mentioned that's an that's just incredible he lands the exact same amount and it's not a a low number of two three he's literally getting hit six and a half times per minute that's 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 like one punch or one strike every nine seconds um incredible just incredible um but You know, this is probably not a good fight for Chase just because Acosta throws a lot of punches and he'll be there for 15 minutes. But in the same sense, it's not the worst fight because Waldo is unlikely to grapple. He has a massive hold that can be exploited with those leg kicks. And he's also not a good defensive boxer himself. He doesn't punch that hard either. I just think the way to play this fight is the overs. And I'm doing one of my classic over one and a half starts round three, goes the distance, three bets in the fight. Two units spread across the three, one unit on the fight to go over one and a half, and then round three profit. And then if he goes the decision, then you have, uh, you know, a nice maybe you know two unit profit on the fight, uh, maybe actually a little bit more than that. Um, I just think that man, I mean it's pretty clear. Neither of these guys are like huge knockout punchers. You know, some guys in the heavyweight division, they really wind up their punches and they hit you hard. You go down. These guys are not that they're straight punchers. They're, they fight behind a leg, kick a jab. I just don't see this fight uh, finishing that quickly. I mean, they think that this fight goes under one and a half rounds, almost 40% of the time. And I just think that that's massively overrating these guys. KO power. So I'm playing the fight to go along. It'll probably be an Acosta decision, um, and you know, hopefully, we make it to that goes
1: the distance to c- cash that plus two hundred.
0: So um, that's the biggest of- thing
1: is, guys, don't be fooled by what Chase Sherman did in the Jared Vendera fight. Like, just I mean, it's just it was so easy for him to hit Jared. Like, it was a and he was losing that fight, I thought. But I mean, there's no way he's gonna be able to land at that clip against Waldo. I'm I would be shocked shocked he landed almost 60 percent of his strikes against jared and it still took a massive barrage to ko him at the end so like you said that's chase it. doesn't hit that hard bro he really doesn't
0: nine, nine he had 19 leg kicks versus uh Sherman versus uh van dera though that's not bad i wonder how let's see versus uh he landed 33 versus uh parker porter so he
1: does throw leg kicks like i said they don't affect the guys though
0: they really not good. like massively, but still, I mean, they look like a pretty massive edge, sure, and there's no yeah. way he's gonna be p- fixing that hole off of three or four weeks too. So
1: it's a great fight, um, Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman always, I mean, people are always intrigued in watching Chase Sherman fight. I have to say, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, always, but
0: it's a sad. It's a sad thing, but it is an, an interesting True. fight. Yeah. So is this co-main cool event? It's huh. it, these guys are are kind of atrocious but they're also when you match them up and put them in a cage together it gets fascinating so uh ian Kudaliba, kennedy and zeshiku uh, mid, uh heavyweight division the line for this on kennedy minus 180 kudalaba plus 155 um so kudalaba is just a massive idiot man i mean this guy i mean he got submitted uh a process submitted via Johnny Walker. I mean, not just some crazy shit where he, he sticks his neck out and gets caught versus a span. I mean, step-by-step he got dismantled and submitted by Johnny Walker. That's That's insane. Um, so I mean, it just seems like this guy is, 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 is really dumb. Um, his cardio sucks. He gasses out and fights pretty late. Um, he's super hittable on the feed. He's not particularly that durable. We've seen him get rocked a few times. um, and he's also not good as a defensive grappler. For a guy who's pretty much mostly an offensive grappler, his defensive grappling is really bad. And with Kennedy showing that new wrinkle with his own offensive grappling in his last fight, I don't think it's going to look as significant of an advantage compared to Carl Roberson, who's a, a, the worst grappler ever and who's a middleweight fighter. It'd be a dominant grappling. from Kennedy. The fact that he can mix in that takedown, the small cage, just being a, a massive individual. And he's also, um, you know, probably the better striker of the two, with just those straight punches that 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 length of his. But man, uh, I mean, Roberson was actually giving Nzechiku trouble on the feet, so man i i kind of think that kudalaba for he comes out so aggressive in round one i think he does have potential to cover his price and look like the value side early but if he doesn't get kennedy out of there in round one you know the first seven and a half minutes he's probably going to slow down like he typically does and kennedy will probably take over so i, I lean kennedy to win the fight i need my boy safe side you to pick up another victory um but i i think the line is actually a little off here, and if there's a side at all in this fight, it is Kudalaba.
1: Man, what do you think about that over? It's minus one fifteen to the over. I see that. I think it's going over. The thing that is just perplexed, like Ian Kudalaba has, I don't think he has any finishes outside around. I think he might have one. You no, know, the fact is though, you know, he either finishes you around one or he like kind of loses most of the time. But the thing is, like, Kennedy, like you said, or did I look at? It's not minus 115. Sorry, I looked at the wrong one.
0: Minimum 125,
1: same thing. 25. Um, But the thing is, with Kennedy, like, he does not have crazy KO power. But Kudalaba is easy to hit. Like, you saw Anka <laughs> He, Like, the dude is just getting hit with every punch. Um, And Kennedy's going to have, like, a 9-inch, 8-inch reach advantage. But he does not have one-hitter quitter power overall. And he is, like, an endurance athlete in there. So unless Kudalaba kind of, like, gasses himself out and maybe like he's just a quitter is the main issue though he's a quitter you know once he gets put in bad grappling positions look Misha Serkinov submitted uh Glover Teixeira submitted uh Johnny Walker submitted right he just gets submitted all the time whenever he gets in any bad positions and the leverage that Kennedy has with that big frame and apparently he's been learning how to grapple um is I think could be bad for Kudalabe. I could I could see, like, something where, like, Kudalaba has, like, a takedown, like, a single leg, and Kennedy just having long-ass legs and, you know, big-ass arms, like, kind of just, like, pushing his head, whatever, I don't know, you know, like, a situation where Kudalaba, like, falls down, or, you know, Kennedy gets on top of him, and Kudalaba just folds, um, because, like, he just has not shown that fire at all after that first round against, um, just just dustin jacoby he didn't even try to win that fight uh you know one bit so i think it's a bad bad fight for her, for ian kudalaba overall you know i would agree that kind of like betting kennedy here is a little bit like you know laying that juice and you know it feels a little bit uncomfortable uncomfortable but i really don't think kudalaba is gonna win this fight outside around one so i still lean towards kennedy um and i kind of want to bet him just cause he's the last hope for the Nigerian ETF. Like if they're going to Nigeria, like Dana White says they gotta have Kennedy, you know, win uh here, right? Narrative nation. Um but I just can't I, I don't know if I could trust the guy because he he he's weird. Like he you saw how he fell down against Dong Jung. Like it was just a strange, you know, uh, you know, turn of events there. But Kudelab is just the most unreliable guy at 205, you know, bar none full stop. Like you never know. If the guy's gonna come out and like grapple like he he doesn't even hold people down like he holds down Devin clark but he can't hold down like some of these other guys like he's just really strange like a weird really weird guy um so i think kennedy's gonna touch him up early me um, you know defend some of the grappling i think who going is an event she quit so i i lean kennedy finish kudalaba at some point i don't know how when but i gonna find a way out of the fight
0: and Kennedy's boy Ryan Spann, you know, already did get the victory. Uh, Kennedy needs to close that chapter uh, for Fordis MMA. And like you said,
1: it. like you said, getting submitted clearly like out grappled by Johnny Walker is insane.
0: Yeah, you should probably <laughs> just retire after that. But that's crazy, dude. Um, main event time: heavyweight fight, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Insane as a main event. Just a, just capping off the year of dog shit main events for the UFC. I mean, especially the past few weeks. I mean, just women's MMA main events, and man, it's been rough. <laughs> um, but now we, now we got Spivak minus 211, Derek Lewis plus 181. So um, I've got some thoughts here. Now, historically, I haven't liked Derek Lewis much, and I have liked Sergey Spivak. I really don't think this is a bad matchup for Derek Lewis in the sense that Lewis has been, you know, quitting lately and getting hit by some punchers and kind of just shelling up and, and, you know, not really fighting back much, but, The fact that he's facing a guy in Spivak who's going to be predominantly a grappler, I think that's already a better thing for Lewis. I mean, if he doesn't have a guy who's going to come out of the gates throwing punches like uh, Ty and Pavlovich did, uh, that's a win for him. So he's got a guy who's going to try to take him down in the small cage. And Spivak is completely taking him down. And he's the, he has pretty good cardio as well. So, you know, even if he takes him down five, six times, I think he'll be able to keep going. Uh, but, you know, Lewis just he needs one shot here. And I don't think Spivak is super tough. I mean, we saw him kind of uh, shell up and quit kind of easily versus Aspinall. Walt Harris was able to catch him early back in the day. So, I mean, for a guy like Spivak, who has been caught, and knocked out before. Um, I think that Lewis can, you know, bum rush him and land some shit here. I mean, it's just Lewis needs to pull the fucking trigger. He needs to realize that that waiting around and doing nothing and letting the fight come to him is not the best course of action. He needs to get on Spivak early, you know, push him backwards, throw his crazy combinations and try to make something happen. Because if he just sits back and waits with his, you know, flat footed, heavy footed style, he's gonna get taken down and he's gonna get probably um probably smashed on the map. But I mean Augusto Sakai was standing up from a lot of takedowns versus Spivak. Uh, And Lewis, you know, if he has some fight in him, if he doesn't completely quit here, he should be standing up as well. And, man, I don't know. I I don't think you can even be considering betting Sergey Spivak at these prices. I think it has to be Derek Lewis or pass. Derek Lewis, historically a fighter that you want to be betting as an underdog if you're betting him at all. And you're getting that underdog price here. And it seems like it's going to keep going up. So you might as well wait maybe last minute throw some on Derek Lewis, uh, you know, knock out for for, uh, some hilarity, and just hope for the best. I'm interested to see. You think Spivak makes it look easy here, Ozzy, or you think Lewis has a legit chance?
1: Oh, man, like, the point that you made there, the fact that Spivak, or not Spivak, excuse me, Sakai, even Greg Hardy, like, the guy had to take both these guys down multiple, multiple times. Man, Derek Lewis is not a guy that I think is one like easy to take down, like is going to be non energy, uh, intensive. Right. And then secondly, like is Spivak, like, is he going to go for a submission? Like, I don't know. Like he doesn't I've never really seen him go for many submissions overall. Like, is he going to like, the thing is he's going to have to ride Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis is always kind of, I think, I think they're, he performs a little bit better. I guess in these apex events, he doesn't have all the pressure. Maybe what are these people? And, um, uh, I mean, he cat ha- like Derek Lewis has to know that like Sergey Spivak, like you said, the guy is a quitter. He's never really been hit. He went life and death on the feet with Olenek, bro. Like, hanging he- with him, so it's not like he's like the smartest guy either. Um, so I mean, I think Derek Lewis is very live to get a win here, but I also think that you know Spivak, if he does maybe he could get like push the fight out of Derek lewis like you know uh, wear him down a little bit but i just there's like you said there's no way you could bet on Sk- sergey spivak because it's just like he he doesn't even have great lower body takedowns like he he needs to be in close and you know when when Derek lewis is in close he's looking to throw those uppercuts he's looking to really hurt you and i don't know if sergey spivak is really ready or is aware of the ferocity that Derek Lewis coming off how many fights in a row? This guy's lost two, only two. So two fights in a row losing in Texas. Like the ferocity he's gonna come at him with. I'm not sure Sergey Spivak is ready for that. Derek Lewis does not have to respect your striking. I think you're potentially in a lot, a lot of trouble. So definitely like gonna have a small ticket on Derek Lewis. Like very profitable in these situations. Very. that's gonna do it i think we definitely
0: uh yeah we got in oh no i think we're i think we we might have hit the deadline i was talking about that hour deadline so people might have tuned out by now but uh i wouldn't blame them if they did because this card is just that bad you know so we have to give a best bet parlay of the card even though i feel very uh unconvinced about everything but i'll go ahead and give one i'll uh uh put here we have the Sherman Waldo over one and a half. Minus 142 bet online, minus 140 on FanDuel. And you can even get it some places, you know, maybe better prices. But um, what about you?
1: Man, tough pickings. Between money lines, I think it would be between Vince Morales, Onsen, and Fiallo. I think those are the only kind of sides that I'm really kind of leaning towards. And you know me, I'm always doing the... You know, I take the side that I think most value, and you know, yada yada, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll, I'll go with Vince Morales at the plus one forty-five.
0: All right. So bet online, we combine Vince Morales plus one forty-five with minus one forty-two. We have plus three eighteen. Been a while since we won a uh, best bet parlay, but it would be very fitting for us on a week with no conviction to to finally win one uh, for a change. So um. That's it. We'll, uh, we'll be off next week. No UFC next week. Uh, there's PFL, though. Uh, Thanksgiving week, hopefully, everyone has a nice Thanksgiving, and we'll be back before or uh, the week after Thanksgiving.
1: I um, will say so, the uh, December slate for the UFC, I like all the cards. The Orlando card's good. The uh, Glover fight card is, is good. And he, and that last Apex event, You know, I've been shitting on a lot of these Apex events, but the last Apex event, good fights on that card. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good card
0: yeah i agree let's close out that last month strong and uh thank you all for listening hope you all have a good one we'll see you all before the next ufc event peace out everyone